We don't, we don't, we don't orchestrate uh, clapping for specials, but if you ever feel like you'd want to, that's fine because what you're really doing there, uh, you're, not, you're not clapping for that individual. You're clapping because you're thankful and excited that there was a truth there, right? That's the way I would take it. So, I mean, I'm just saying it'd be fine if you ever want to. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are looking at me a little cross-eyed there. I didn't. Uh, okay. Uh, Aiden, would you grab me my Bible? Uh, turn your Bible to, uh, to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. You've been in the book of Daniel. People get excited about all kinds of stuff in the world, right? So we get excited about stuff that honors the Lord. That's the way I look at it. So, Okay. Uh, we're especially excited that we have God's Word uh, here this morning. And I'll tell you what, as, as, as a preacher, if I didn't have confidence that this was God's Word, I'd quit preaching. Um, what would be the sense, right? If we didn't have the authority of the Bible then really, I mean, there would be no, no real purpose uh, to us uh, uh, gathering to, to hear, you know, one person week after week, you know, proclaim, proclaim a message. And, um, and so I, I, love, I, love, I love preaching because the way it works is God gives me something that helps me. And I'm thinking, wow, if that Bible truth helped me, I know it will help some others as well. And then you can just take, you can, you can take it joyfully and deliver it. Uh, so, that, so that others can, can be assisted uh, as well. So I'm thankful for the book of Daniel. We are uh, speaking a, a, a sort of a series of the book, of the book of Daniel. And I'm not a big, like, theme preacher. Like, uh, you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, I'm thinking, man, you know, probably as Christians, we've heard so many Thanksgiving messages. And, but we always need to be reminded of Thanksgiving, so that, that's good. And then Christmas time, you know, it's kind of like the theme messages. And I always find it a little more difficult, uh, you know, to, to think of, Maybe fresh approach or whatever, but uh, and so I was thinking, Friend Sunday, Friend Sunday. What am I going to do for Friend Sunday? And the Lord said, Well, you know, in the Book of Daniel, right there in the context in which we've been, you probably have one of the top three Bible examples of friendship right there. Um, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and, and Daniel—they were godly friends. They were—they were good friends to one another. They were—they 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 had uh, the type of friendship that we can look at, we can really learn from. And I thought, Lord, you did it again, you know. Uh, you always give us just what we need, and, uh, and, and I'm so thankful when the Lord puts that together. So uh, they, say, they say that if you have one true friend in life, if you have one true friend, you're really blessed. And when I, when I, heard, when I heard that, I thought, really? It seems like, you know, you should have a lot more than one. But you know, there's a lot of people, it's surprising, and uh, it's, it's sad. There's a lot of people that go through life really never having the blessing of one, one true friend. They had a lot of acquaintances. They had a lot of friends along the way. But they never had that blessing. That's just tragic when you think of it. And, uh, you know, I think as Christians, we end up having a lot more than that. We're, that's part of the blessing of being a Christian. It's all, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a few places in the world, really, and it's amazing how quickly we've made friends. Now, I, I asked, uh, you know, Tony here if he, if he was, uh, you know, a believer in Jesus Christ, and, and he told me that he was, but I knew already. Uh, there was just, you know, there was just already there, there was just that connection. 
And uh, you can, you know, your spirit kind of senses another, another person's spirit. But, uh, and and, and that, that leads to, you know, that leads to, to friendship in the Christian realm. It's just, it, it's facilitated. It's facilitated by the spirit of God. And so we end up having a lot more probably than one, than one true friend. Uh, I would hope. I would hope. Uh, and like I said, you know, during, during the, the time earlier, is especially, especially we should have that one friend. That one friend. Because if we find ourselves in a spot where it seems like we don't have a true human friend, you know, Jesus says, I'll always be your friend. I will always be your friend. Uh, and there's been times when I, I, have, I have true friends in my life. But, you know, there's been times where I felt like really, um, even though I knew they were there in a sense and I knew that they were my true friends, I felt like it was better at that time for me to really just focus on my, my friendship with Jesus. You know, sometimes no matter how, how many people we're surrounded with, that's what, we, that's what our greatest need is. Our greatest need is to have Jesus as, 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 our, as our one true friend at the end of it all. And uh, so in the book of Daniel, uh, we do have a wonderful example of friendship here. And I think that we can find that these friends, these friends of Daniel's, uh, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, they were tried and true, as, as, as you might say, as the saying goes, tried and true uh, friends. And, uh, you know, time tells when it comes to friendship. I mean, I've had some people that I've met, and I thought, you know, that person's going to be the greatest friend that I ever had. I, I can just tell already. Wow. And, you know, well, then over time... It wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And maybe it was more me than them. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes uh, time, time proves out when it comes to friendship. And tried and true is, is, is something that lasts. And it's something that's over the long haul because it has substance. Because it has substance. And so we should be willing to be that type of friend. You know, a lot of times, you know, like with the young people, we say, choose your friends wisely, right? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a wise bit of advice there. And the Bible, you know, says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Why? Because the fool is headed to, towards destruction, and if you walk with them, you're going to be walking in the same thing, right? And so the Bible, you know, does warn us about, about, about friendships and choosing the right kind of friends, but you know, there's just as much in the Bible, as far as, at least by, by matter of principle, in concept, of being the right type of friend of being the right type of friend. And sure, I mean, selfishly speaking, you know, I want good friends, but, uh, you know, before the Lord, I should say, how can I be a good friend? How can I be the right kind of friend? And these guys, you know, they were, they were the right kind of friend. They were the right kind of friend. And uh, first thing, if you want to have a title there, Daniel's friends, uh, Daniel's friends, uh, true friends. And uh, the first thing that we can see from Daniel chapter 1, we've already seen uh, it from Daniel chapter 1, is that they were tested by adversity. They were tested by adversity. You know, these guys were going through a hard time together. They were going through a time of crisis together. And uh, when you go through adversity with somebody, you know, they talk about, you know, if you go, uh, what's the saying? If you're in the trenches with somebody, right? Uh, those guys that, you know, they kind of go to war together. And uh, there, there's something that happens, you know, when you go through adversity together and you stick with one another through that adversity and you, 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 uh, you're, you're for each other through that adversity, that forges a, a depth of relationship that few other things can forge. And I can imagine, you know, with, with, with these four boys here, 
I mean, they're taken away from their families. They're taken to a foreign land, as we've spoken of here. Uh, the pressure's on for them to conform to Babylonian ways that weren't always godly ways. And uh, there's just a lot going on with these guys. I mean, it was a, it was a very strange time. Kind of gone through some strange times over the last little bit, too, haven't we, at times? And, and, and uh, there's been some adversity. And, you know, through adversity, you tend to see, okay, these are the people that I can really count on uh, through those times. And, uh, I mean, other people, you know, they may care about you, too, and, and uh, they may pray for you, and they, they may love you. But, you know, the people that, that really you kind of stick with through adversity, like these guys did. I mean, I'm sure there was other decent people, and even, even the, uh, amongst the, the people that were brought over to Babylon. But we're focused on these guys because they were friends that said, okay, you know, let's do this together. Let's work on this together. Let's, let's help one another through this, this situation. And as you do that, you really, you, you, learn, you learn to count on one another. You learn to count on one another. And uh, it, it does bring a special a level of, of, of relationships. And we can see that as they went through this adversity, um, they were supportive of one another. Look in, the, in chapter 1. In chapter 1, it says in verse 11, Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel. Here they are, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Some, some great friends, some friends that we can learn from. And uh, he said, uh, uh, Daniel said to him, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse and water to eat. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, as thou seest, uh, deal with thy servants. So he consented them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, it says, their countenances appeared fairer, fatter in flesh, and all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat, their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge, skill, and all learning, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, this is interesting because God, through that time of Daniel taking a stand, a particular stand for God, is something that might have seemed to others to be quite trivial. God expanded his influence through that. Do you see that there? He became one that God especially helped understand visions and dreams. Now, was that going to come in handy later? <laughs> Yeah, it saved his life later, didn't it? And it saved the lives of some others, lots of others. Why? Because Daniel was faithful in these small, uh, relatively small things, but they were big to him because there was some ground that God told him to keep. There was some ground that God told him to stand on. And so he stood that ground, and uh, because of that, God gave him, expanded his influence. And, but, you know, so Daniel was the one that initially took that stand. And said, I, I'm not going to you know, be defiled by that which you know, the, 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 they're offering me that God doesn't want me to, to be a part of. And, uh, but then what happened? His friends supported him in that. His friends said, hey, we'll take that stand with you, Daniel. And then through this whole discourse here, you see them. You see, you see uh, there. You see this, multi, uh, 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 this duplicity. And it says in verse 19, it says, the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore uh, stood they before the king. In all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king required of them, and he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were uh, in his realm. So what happened there? Well, amongst friends, they supported one another. They supported one another. And, uh, you know, a good friend is somebody who, they'll support you. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll realize that you're, you're, you're going through some things. You're making some decisions. You're trying to do your best 
to walk with God. You're trying to do your best to make, you know, the right choices before the Lord. And they'll come alongside you and say, you know, we're praying for you. We support you. We're for you. We're with you. And they're not always going to have all the answers for you, but they're supportive. And that's the way it should be in a church family. That's the way it should be amongst Christian friends. You know, Christian friends should be supportive of one another. You don't always get the feeling, you know, that nobody really cares what you're going through or, or you know, that, you know, maybe some people that, that actually, some, you know, some, in some warped kind of way be happy if you failed or, you know, I mean, there should never be any sort of that spirit. It should be we're supportive. And, and we're the type of friends, especially as we're going through adversity, we're going we're gonna to support you. We're going to support, you know, we're going to support our pastor. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna support others that are having to make decisions uh, in our church. And it might not always be, you know, exactly the way that we would do it, but, you know, we're seeking the Lord. We're trying to have wisdom through this. We're trying to follow God's word. And so we're going to be supported. And they were supportive of one another. Why? Just because, hey, it's really cool to be supportive? No, because they could see as friends that they were all trying to do the right thing. They were trying the best they could before God to do the right thing together. And uh, that's a good picture. It's a good picture. And not only were they supported, but they were available. They were available. And if you look down in, 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 in chapter uh, 2, we saw this uh, last week, when Daniel, you know, he kind of threw his hat over the fence here, and he said, uh, oh, man, the king is kind of, he's, 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 he's going crazy here, and he's going to, you know, he's just going to haphazardly kill all of these leaders. And Daniel said, hey, could you tell him to slow down? And, and I'll help. And so he goes to his friends, and uh, he's going to get his friends to, 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 to help him out in this situation. So we look at it in verse 17. It says, and Daniel went to his house and made the things known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his what? His companions, his friends, right? They were good friends. And they, and they were available to listen to him. And uh, they were willing to listen to what he had to say and what he was going through. Um, and that, that they would desire mercies of, of, the, of God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And so they were available. They were available. Uh, and they were approachable. And, you know, I, I know, I know, like, the way it is with, with friends is, you know... We're not always going to be, you know, we're not going to be around each other like all the time, every day, uh, you know, always having to be with each other. But what I consider as a true friend is, you know, they're, they're available if I need, I just need an ear for a little bit. Uh, it's like if I, if I do need to give them a call, if I do need to go out for coffee with them, they're willing to do that. And they just want to listen a little bit. And, and just to, to, to be available as a friend. And that's a, that's a good picture of a friend. And, you know, as, as a friend, it doesn't mean we smother people, but we're available. Hey, look, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know. And, you know, as, as, as a pastor, I mean, you know, all pastors are different. And, and I hope that no matter what my overall approach is, that you feel like I'm available. I say, you know, I have an open-door policy. Anybody ever wants to talk about anything, anything, that's on your mind, your heart, related to church, anything going through your life, I'm available. I'm probably not going to hound you about what's going on in your life. I'm not going to try to pry to find out. Uh, you know, I just leave it up to if the Lord brings something to, to, to light or if you have something on your heart. You know, I, as, a, as a pastor, I, I want to be a friend. I want to be available. But, uh, you know, also, 
besides being a pastor, I have some friends. And, uh, you know, hopefully as a friend, I'm kind of like these guys here. They were, they were a good friend to Daniel, and they were available to, 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 to listen to what he was going through and work with him and work with him. And so uh, through adversity, you know, through adversity, sometimes when we're going through adversity, our friends kind of all disappear. Hey, I thought I had all kinds of friends going through a hard time here, and maybe I'm taking a, you know, a clear stand through this adversity, and all of a sudden my friends are just like, you know, they're, 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 they're just scattering. And, you know, adversity tends to kind of whittle your friend list down. <laughs> but that's okay. It was probably already whittled down already. You just didn't realize it, right? Um, and uh, the friends that are willing to be available to you through that adversity are, are, are your true friends. They're your true friends. All right. And so um, uh, available, and uh, uh, we had the point there that they were tested by adversity. Friends will be tested uh, by adversity. And then also, uh, friends will be true in all matters. Friends will be true in all matters. And uh, they'll be true to the Lord. The, 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 the friendship, the relationship will be founded upon truth. It'll be founded upon truth. Uh, you know, people, they try, to, they try to build relationships on all kinds of stuff. You know, some people try to build relationships on, you know, purely, you know, purely physical relationships. Or they try to, to build relationships, uh, you know, based upon feelings. They try to build a relationship based upon convenience. They build a relationship based upon, you know, uh, material gain. I mean, people try to, to, to look to all kinds of things for a, for, for a relationship, for a foundation for a relationship. But the only real foundation for a relationship that's going to that's gonna hold over time is, is truth. Truth is the foundation for a relationship. That's how we have a relationship with the Lord. You know, what is Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? And uh, we don't come to the Father but through him. He's truth. And so truth is, is foundational. And these friends, uh, you know, they're a good example of true friends. We call them true friends. What does it mean for someone to be a true friend? Well, a true friend isn't just lip service. A true friend shows that. A true friend is one that proves themselves to be building that upon the foundation of, of truth, and uh, true to the Lord, uh, um, first and foremost. And, uh, and so there were some ways that they were true, and we see here in verse 18 of chapter 2, uh, in verse 17 it says, Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret. In other words, he shared with something with them, and he said, Would you pray with me and for me about this matter? And so true friends are ones that will pray for you. Isn't it good to know that, I mean, it's good to know you can pray to God anytime, anywhere. But isn't it nice also to know that some people are praying for you? By the way, if you say to somebody, I'll pray for you about that. <laughs> That's probably the last thing that you want to say lightly. If you're not going to, then don't. You know, just don't say it. If you're not going to pray for something, don't say you're going to. Okay? But if you do say hey, look, because you're probably realizing right then, I, I can't really think of any way that I can help them. And sometimes we say, you know, accept, pray for them. But what we really should say is, I have the greatest thing that I can do 
from them imaginable. I can go to the God that knows all things and has all the resources and say, God, would you help them? And Lord, would you help me to help them if you want me to? And, uh, and so they were prayerful. Uh, true friends are prayerful friends. They will pray for you, and they will pray with you. They prayed with Daniel uh, here. Uh, by the way, you know, as a church family, as a church family, if we're going to really pray for one another intelligently, we need, to, we need to be assembling as much as possible, if it is possible. And we know, I know we have people watching that can't do that right now, but, but if, if we're able to, to, to assemble, uh, to, to learn one another's needs, to, you know, these guys were around each other. He went to the house with them so that he could share those needs personally. And, uh, you know, not everybody can make it to every service. I understand that. That's not what this is about. What I'm saying is the more that we're, we're in certain situations with people, the more that we can pray for them and we can pray with them. Hey, I love to hear such and such person, you know, from the church. Uh, and I don't check up on all this, but, you know, you just hear that, you know, this person had this, this family or this, you know, these people had these people over for a meal. They didn't spend time together. I think that's good right there. You know, that's, a, that's, that's the church family growing stronger by spending time with one another. You know? And you just get to know one another. And you're going to be more apt to pray for that person. Because you, you, you get their heart a little bit, right? And you prayed with them for the meal, or, or maybe you had prayer beyond that, you know? And uh, so just uh, being open to those things, to those relationships, to be, to be true friends uh, to one another. And, uh, you know, a true friend I know is going to pray for me. Now, if I know somebody prays for me, I can take a lot from them. There's other times where I maybe struggle taking it from them because, you know, maybe, and I've even said, you know, I don't know if it's right to ask this or not, but people sometimes have come, guns blazing, and I say, well, have you been praying for me? <laughs> It'd be a little awkward moment, all right? Uh, and uh, usually you get the impression that probably not. They were just thinking about how they're mad at you, right? And it's not like I just like to say, well, why don't we take a week or two, we'll pray for one another, and we'll talk again. Now, that, that usually helps a lot. <laughs> Because if I'm like, you know, like I said, if I'm all fired up about something and, uh, and I go, you know, and, I, and that person, you know, and then I realize I haven't been praying about it and I haven't been praying for them. Usually if I go back and I do that, it's going to work the same both ways. We're probably going to have a lot better spirit in the next conversation. And we probably should wait to have that spirit for the next conversation, right, uh, to tell you the truth. So they were prayerful, uh, prayerful uh, friends, and that, that's good. And then they were loyal. They were loyal. Look at verse uh, 23. This is interesting. It says here in verse 23, it says, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has known unto me and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Now, I like how Daniel here, even though he was primarily the one that was given insight here on the dream and the interpretation, he includes his friends. He said, because I think it, it hits him all of a sudden, you know, these guys prayed along with me for this. And it's not just all about me, it's about us. It's an us mentality. You know, amongst friendships, it's an us mentality. Family, it's, it's, it's an us mentality. Church, it's, it's us together. Look, if, if, uh, if somebody in our church is, is harmed, then that harms me. You know, if somewhere in our church is, is is falling, then that, that, that affects me. It's, we're in this together. We're in this together. And it doesn't mean that, look, I'm not God in your life, and, and nobody else is either. I'm not going to know everything that's going on with you all the time. And I mean, I'm not going to even try to do that, but I'm interested. And if I do know, you know, I, I'll, 
I'll try to help. I'll try to pray. And, and if, if God answers us and God, God gives me some recourse, you know, I'm not going to take the credit for the, hopefully none of us would say, well, this is all about me, you know, fixing this situation. God gave me wonderful insight and I'm, I'm very gifted, so I was able to help. No, it's like that gift that he had was given to him by God. We saw that before in the previous chapter, right? He was faithful. God entrusted that to him. Thank you, God, for helping me with that. Thank you for helping us with that, you know, because God has gifted us all here. Uh, together. And I uh, like down in verse 49, we see a little extension of this. It says, and Daniel, well in verse 48, it says, the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the province of Babylon and the chief of governments over all the wise men of Babylon. So we would put it this way, uh, Daniel was getting the accolades, wasn't he? Right? Daniel was giving the accolades. And he could have just been totally absorbing and self-absorbing those accolades and getting really caught up in what a wonderful guy he was. But look at what he does in verse 49. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. And so what did he do? He thought, you know, my friends, they're the ones, they really helped me in this. They encouraged me when I really needed it. Uh, they were there for me. They prayed for me. They were available. Uh, you know, I want to put in a word for them. And I want to make it known that these guys, you know, they, they, they really helped me in this whole thing, too. It wasn't just, just me. And ultimately, all four of them always looked to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to serve you, for helping me serve you. Because, look, if I have a right relationship with God, I'm going to have a way better chance than having a good relationship with you. Right? That's the way it is in any relationship. And uh, so... Um, this, is, uh, this is about friends, and, and they were loyal friends. And so they were, they, they were true in all facets and, and matters. And then, lastly, they were tried by fire. They were tried by fire. And uh, relationships sometimes are tried by fire. They're tried by fire. Um, and fire can be devastating. Fire can be devastating. Um, you know, you've probably seen situations, you know, where people were terribly burned in a fire and, and, and uh, hard to, to, to heal and recover from. Fire can be devastating. The Bible says that our tongue is like a fire sometimes, you know, and our, our, you know, our stinking mouths can just it can injure people like a fire, like a fire, cause devastation, cause, cause uh, all kinds of problems. Um, but fire can be a pure fire as well. Fire, the testing of fire, sometimes can bring, can bring us to, to great victory. Uh, sometimes fire can go through and can wipe out, you know, it's kind of the underbrush that's keeping us from flourishing the way that, that, that we need to, 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 that God wants us to flourish. And, and so fire, if it's set by man and it's led to be a wildfire, can be very destructive. If it's a controlled fire of the Lord, then it can be used for his glory. And, uh, and it will be. And so, try by fire. And we're going to look a lot more at this situation. But you know, I'm just going to give you the gist of it as we conclude here. Because we'll be looking at this passage here very soon. It's just loaded with, 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 with truth. But the, 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 the idea that we see here is that, that Nebuchadnezzar... After, I, guess, I think after he heard, you know, that he was like the head of gold in this, this, uh, this dream that Daniel interpreted, he was like, he was like you know, the, the, the head of, 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 the most, 
uh, um, powerful uh, primary empire that was in, in this image that he saw in his dream, I think that that head went to his head a little bit. <laughs> and uh, he got the idea that I'm going to build this, this uh, big statue and I'm going to have everybody come in here kind of an honor to me and they're all going to bow down to this thing. And it's pretty idiotic when you think of it, what he was doing. But yet, I mean, he had the power to do it and he got everybody to go along with it and, and uh, that's what regimes do, you know, that's what kings do. And God said, hey, you Israel, you sure you want to have a king? Because this is the type of thing they do. <laughs> All right? And, uh, yeah, we really want a king, right? Because uh, this is what the king does here. And so they're faced with another situation. Are they going to bow down to this foolish, uh, you know, the statue? Just because they don't want to face the pressure and they don't want to be thrown in this fire? Or are they going to say, no, we're going to stand and we're not going to bow down to that. We don't care what kind of fire comes. We don't, kind of, we don't care what kind of fire comes. And so tried by fire, and relationships and friendships can be tried by fire. And we can see here that they were courageous in the midst of that fire. The fire was imminent. They were going to be thrown into this fire. Uh, and uh, they were courageous together. And it says in verses 10 to 13, we're going to be looking, like I said, a lot more closely at this. But let's, let's just get a couple of truths as we, as, we, as we wrap it up here today. It says in verse 10, um, thou, O king, has made a decree. I know you've laid down the law here that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet flute uh, when the music comes. We're all supposed to fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship it, that he should uh, be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now here's a guy, he's coming and he's telling on, on the friends here. He says, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, these ones that you trusted with to, to be leaders. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast uh, set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they brought these men before the king. So what's he going to do here? He's gonna, I, guess, I guess today we could call it, he's going to cancel them, right? He's going to take them, he's going to throw them into the fire, okay? They're not doing what I'm telling them to do, you know, totalitarian government, and, and uh, we're going to tell and you're going to do this even though it's against your conscience, and, you know, even though we, you have to obey God to do it, and we're going to throw you into this fire. And they said, sorry. This is one of the great uh, uh, examples in the scripture where courageous friends say, together, we're going to be courageous, and we're going to say, we're going to obey God rather than man. We're going to obey God rather than man. And we're going to look a lot closer to the story. There's a lot of, man, there's some encouraging things there. But, you know, friendships are tried by fire, and you're going to find out, who, you know, who's going to be courageous with you and, and who isn't by the grace of God. And, uh, and ultimately, you know what the best thing about these friends were? The best thing about these friends were is that they were first friends with God. They were friends with God. And look at verses 16 and 18. It says, And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, we're not trying to be disrespectful. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. In other words, they said, you know who we want to please the most? We want to please our friend, our God. That's the one that we want to please the most. 
And so, you know, Jesus said, it says about Jesus that he, he increased in wisdom and in favor with God and man. Even Jesus as the, as the, as the, uh, the man, you know, the man uh, God, uh, set that example on earth of being in, in right relationship with his father and then in right relationship with others. And so um, they were friends of God. Look, the best friends that you can have are those that love God. And you've heard me, you know, say this before, and I say it often just because it's so helpful, that you want to be a friend to everybody. Be a friend to everybody. But be a friend with those that are friends with God. Be a friend with those that are friends with God. And uh, Jesus is the best friend you can have. <laughs> Jesus is the best friend you can have. And aren't you, uh, you know, don't you think that these guys were glad that when they, went, they, they, when they were earth thrown into the fire, they were thrown into the fire. That Jesus was the one that was standing with them there. Hey, after everything else was stripped away, who was left with them? We're going to find out. One as the Son of Man, and even the world recognized it. The world looked at them and said, wow. We thought there was three of them. Look, there's four. And that fourth one, wow, it's as the Son of Man. That's Jesus with them. You're going to go through some fiery times. And the, the foremost relationship that the fire is going to test is your relationship with Jesus. And I can promise you this, that through it all, if no one else is left standing with you, you're going to be so happy that Jesus is. That Jesus is. Now, it's nice along with that if you have some friends like, like these guys had too. And that's an, ex, that's an extra blessing. Because, you know, Hananiah had Azariah and Mishael with him, too, there in the furnace. And, and he had Jesus. Um, and, uh, you know, Mishael had Hananiah. And, and so they had one another. Uh, and that's good. And we can be those type of friends. And so their other friends were great. But ultimately, the one they really needed was the Son of God. Was the Son of God. And uh, with all of you here today, I think I know most of you. I think I, kn I know that most of you do have that friend. Uh, you, have, you have the friend called Jesus. Um, if you don't have the friend called Jesus, oh, you know, one day that's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to matter one day. The only thing that's going to matter one day is that you're standing with Jesus. He's the one you want to be with. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be probably some hard times ahead for all of us. You know, at one level or another, stick with Jesus. Stick with Jesus. Anyone else you might be afraid of, they don't have anything to do with your eternal soul ultimately. Jesus does. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Friend Day is really all about that. For us to say we have a friend called Jesus, I hope you do too. <laughs> I hope you do too. And you know what? The, the, the best thing you can do as a friend to somebody else if they don't know Jesus yet, live Jesus in front of them. And show them that Jesus is worth standing for. And then you may have an opportunity along the line to say hey, you know this, Jesus is standing with me. He can be your best friend too. He can be your best friend too. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, the topic.